I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello guess. guys. <laughs> yeah, same time. Anyway, next gen finals preview, right? We're gonna have Anastasia joining us in uh in five minutes probably as well. And um yeah, let's just get down to it. I mean the the edition, um which one which edition is that? Six? Six, I think. It started already. in twenty seventeen, correct, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Then you didn't have the 2021, of course, because of COVID. And the list of winners kind of speaks for itself. I mean, other than Brandon Nakashima, everyone followed. Hey, hey, <laughs> we're not even two minutes in here and Brandon Nakashima is catching strays. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that other than him, everyone followed up their campaign yes. in a great way. Just because, well, Yeon Chang, the first winner, 2017, he actually makes the Australian Open semi two months later. Mm -hmm. Stefanos Tsitsipas did the exact same thing, by the way. Of course, Yannick Sinner, you know, went on everyone to that's been ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Everyone that's been in the final or the semifinal has gone on to have a top 10 career. I think Alex Dimonor is one spot away well, from being also... top 10. Yeah. Um, either top 10 career or a semifinalist at a major. Or have, or have slam, won one. Yeah, 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 yeah. semifinal of a slam. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, that's true. Everybody. Well, I mean, I'm now that I'm looking at it, maybe that maybe that statement isn't 100 correct. But there's there's literal evidence to show that doing well at this event is uh, indicative of you having another good season or just a, a you know a very a very prominent career. So it's something yeah. that they should take seriously. Corda still hasn't had a slam semifinal or a top 20, top 10 ranking. But of course, you know he's just had a couple of 
years since, and he's very likely to in the future. Mm-hmm. And Nakashima Lehechka kind of stand out. Um, we'll see about Lehechka, but of course he made the quarters this time. Um, did Nakashima make the quarters at Wimbledon? I think um, Nick Kyrgios stopped him, yeah, in the fourth round in 2022. That was... That was fourth round. Yeah, fourth round, I think. But still good. I mean, those are all results that you want to see from somebody that is sub-23. Like, all of these players yeah. are 22, 23. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good event. I think that there's reasons to pay attention to it, even if we're in, like, approaching this tennis offseason in December. But uh, especially with the new home of it in Saudi Arabia, which can be controversial um, to a lot of yeah. people. I, I think if you just focus on the tennis – um, not to trivialize the reason that people, the reasons that people are kind of iffy about it, but if you focus on the tennis, there are some good reasons to be excited about this edition. Possibly, I think there is an argument as well that maybe this edition has a little less star quality than you know the past ones. I don't know. I think with with these sort of events, I guess you kind of have to wait with that because, well, this is an event that is supposed to bring out these guys into the spotlight. So, mm-hmm. like, we Agreed. will really be able to judge their true star quality in a few years. And even what we just, you know, we're talking about kind of shows that, I mean, the guys without these big results, they are the most recent finalists, right, of the yep. uh, of the uh, tournament. Korda, Nakashima, Hechka, and and before 2020, before COVID, it's just a straight up, uh, yeah, top 10 or... Um, a grand, well, top 20 or a grand some semi, I guess. Um, hi, Hello. Anastasia, you're here. Hi, hi. <laughs> oh man, I just like ran through the door, opened the screen, logged on. <laughs> so I'm like, whoa, I'm here. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I feel you just started talking, yeah, yeah, literally, five, fifth minute of the stream, so. Uh, we just sort of mentioned who was there in the previous editions. I also so touched on the Jeddah thing and um, yeah, how we can just maybe try focusing on uh, on the tennis. And um, I think before we like get to the actual players, we also have to mention the innovations, all the you know, all the new yes. stuff that they're trying out at the next gen. A finals. lot of new rules. And then I just saw the video um, like a couple of hours ago of them doing the sort of on-court game like the sort of reaction game and jumping mm-hmm. and that looks cool i'm like is that something they're gonna show us the results of or the process of because it looks it looks really fun there's a whole bunch of moving parts which i i like it seems like this is the time of the year in the event specifically that the atp kind of takes the things that they get as far as feedback from fans and people around the sport um in any capacity and like try to implement it with the players that are up and coming who probably are maybe more open to um, innovation and different things about tennis and just see how it works. Like I think we've gotten on-court coaching and like mic'd up coaching from past events of the uh, next gen finals. And what are the specific new things that they're trying out in this edition in 2023 in Jeddah? Yeah. I'm not not 100% sure of them. Yeah, John is going to show them to us in a second. But okay. like, I also have to say that some of these things that the Next Gen Finals introduced, that we actually see them on the tour right now. Like exactly. Yeah. yeah. They were there for the first time in Milan. Um, electronic line calling as well. Mm-hmm. That was also trialed in Milan. So, of course, even if some of these might seem too left field and like uh, maybe just, yeah, just ridiculous ideas, 
some of these we will probably see in the future. You know, fast four formats, probably it's going to take a while because it's such a major reform. And I don't know if yeah. it ever really happens. But uh, yeah, there are a few innovations and in, even in this edition, which I would really love to see on the main tour. Some of them, like the game that Anastasia <laughs> mentioned, like not... <laughs> all that important but yeah what about cool the... if we got more i guess that's that kind way. of like it's such like an nba you know nfl reference like a lot of new recruit they do that you know they they play those games so i guess that's where i'm getting it from but i was like let's see who's fastest running from side to side i'm like let's are go. we still going to have the no doubles alleys for this competition because i know that's been pretty consistent as well in past editions you know what I saw a photo recently. Because I, have, I haven't seen the court, so I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't actually know. I, I saw a photo today, but I didn't pay attention it. to it. Yeah, let me see if I can pull it up. Because someone did yeah, post let, it. Let's see, let's see that. And I also have um, all the the whole list of their innovations. Because um, I was yeah, just it's, talking. It's, it's on the screen as well. John is showing us the um, the website. Let me know? see. Um, oh, okay. I don't. I didn't if see. He, if um, he scrolls down just a, just a little bit, it's gonna be. It's good. The innovations are gonna start there. So. Yeah. Okay. Aha, oh, there we and, go. And these there. are the ones like specifically for 2023, and then at yeah. the bottom, like especially you know the first two are are important from a viewing perspective. The fact that there will be no warm up, which I think is the future as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. because you yeah. sort of need to make tennis more. Um, just available for TV broadcasting mm -hmm. and like just mm -hmm. get the matches closer to the actual start time, which in the past used to be ridiculous. Actually, the next gen finals, maybe that this I might be wrong on, but maybe the shorter warm up was also trialed out first in the next gen finals 2017. Uh, the, the five minutes that we have right now, of course, here we're actually fair, not going to see a warm up. Is it fair though? Because mm -hmm. other sports get a whole luxury introduction before they play their games, like football and basketball. They sing the national anthem and they do the but whole they like, start pomp and circumstance. At, you know, <laughs> football match is supposed to start. Uh, I, I don't know if you're talking American football or soccer, but let's I was say talking soccer. American football. But let's say soccer. Yeah, yeah. let's say soccer. It's starting at eight forty-five, and the first whistle is always at eight eight forty-five. Gotcha. Right? Okay. And like in tennis, it, it is a bit of an issue in my opinion yeah. that tennis is not doing anything with that. Mm -hmm. Even with, when a match, of course, you're not going to be able to uh, like do anything about the fact that the set time of a tennis match is, you know, it's not set. It's going sometimes it's going to be three hours or an hour. But if the first match or I don't know the final is gonna is supposed to start at three p.m. I have no it clue. Start it's still three. starting three twenty or three fifteen. <laughs> right. right. And, right. Um, yeah, that's pretty easy. And the shot clock reductions in terms of aces under um, double faults and unreturned serves, I feel like that's really obvious. Like, no one needs 25 seconds after a serve. No one needs 25 uh, seconds. Yeah. But some people well, use it. Well, sometimes I, I might that's on the, the court. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> after an ace? After an ace? Uh, maybe. If I want to just self, you know, just savor the fact that I finally hit an ace, maybe I'm talking uh, on my okay. personal courts, not if I was a professional tennis player. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, when I get an ace, it's such a rare feeling, you know, that maybe I have to celebrate <laughs> it a bit. But yeah, the, the new thing is the eight seconds between the first and second serve. Uh, I guess we have to see how it works. Like it, it's kind of tedious, honestly, because the umpire will every time have to click it, right? And I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about the um, the reduced changeover? You know where they change sides after the first game. They're not going to do That's that. That's fine. I, I saw somebody kind of like question why there was a change of ends after the very first game in the first place. Um, 
Right. Exactly. It, it just you typically the first game is like less than a minute. Sometimes there are really strenuous first games, but I feel like those are outliers. So it's strange. Like they literally just warmed up. They had a coin toss. They you know hit some ground strokes back and forth. They decided which side they were going to be on. Then they play a game and then they go right back to that seat that they just came from. It's kind of like that was counterproductive. So yeah, yeah. If, in terms of like watchability, I feel like that'll help. Because you just kind of get you get sucked into the action even quicker, and I feel like that's the whole premise of next gen is to be able to be able to have tennis be an action packed product from beginning to end, and there's always something happening because that's in, that's ideally for the tennis fans like us that watch week in week out. Um, we're we know like how to get to and how to watch for the very very crux of. Um, like the very intense moments in a match in a match. But sometimes I've noticed from like friends of mine that aren't avid tennis players or watchers at all. They're, they're confused as to where the meat and like the actual, uh, the, 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 what's the word in music, the crescendo of the moment of the sport is happening. And I, it's hard to explain that, but I feel like in next gen finals, you kind of get that and you're, they're trying to get that right out of the bat and keep it that way for the entirety yeah. of the event. So that's what yep. I like about yeah. it. No, what's scoring. I mean, yeah. that's the same thing, right? Right. Yeah. Every, every point is going to matter. Yeah. 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 If you're a new, if you're a new fan, you tend to miss those moments because you're yes. sort of like you're two <laughs> hours in and you're like, oh, man, I, you know, you're just like, I'm going to leave now. And you're like, not now. This is, this is it. <laughs> this, yeah. This is when you stick, stick with it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I did hear some counters to the sort of, and switch of ends where they were saying, well, depending if it's outdoors, maybe one yeah. side might be different from the other side with like sun and shade and all of that. But even indoors, actually, you can have some sort of lighting, right? Issues. Oh, really? And, uh, uh, you know, I'm I not a fan of that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's the way it's, of course, that, that, that's how it's, um, I mean, that, that, that's the reason why it's there, right? In order for yeah. it to be fair, that no side has an advantage over the other, because even if right. you do it like at the next gen finals, someone can win three games on one side, go to the other, lose two games, provided that there's actually any real difference. And then mm -hmm. you go over to the next set and you win the set for two. So uh, I'm not sure if I like it, but yeah, in an indoor event, it's more acceptable. Yes. But even yeah. indoors, I feel like there could be major differences sometimes. Yeah. I guess it's up to the organizers to prevent that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because one side should never have that much of an advantage, right? Like, yeah. In an indoor event, no. Yeah. 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 With the wind, mm -hmm. sun. Of course, it's gonna ha it can happen, but indoors, theoretically, no. Well, speaking right. of the event, I guess we've kind of like laid some of the ground rules. I guess we should get into oh. who's actually qualified, <laughs> and who thing, the stars of the event before, are going to be. Just before we move over, there are two of my favorite additions that I just kind of wanted to hear what you guys thought about it. One of them being yep. there's going to be fan the free fan movement. So fans don't have to like stop for anything or do any of that. And then the second one is that the umpire chair is going to have a reduced height. Those are the I two saw a that picture of that very. Like, I saw a picture of that just before I hopped on here, and I didn't. I mean, granted, you, you're getting my raw reaction, but I didn't get it. Like, because it's literally by it's at the level of the net, and I don't know how that helps them be a 
Okay, so we're saying lower umpire chair to reduce the visual obstruction. Umpire doesn't call the shots anymore, and they don't ah, need to gotcha. see the So there's no need for them to yeah, actually yeah. have a great vision of yep. the lines. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So, so basically, that's it with that. Um, I don't think it really matters all that much. I guess it will help yeah. them be maybe more at like ground level with the players. And they can argue. They can argue at eye level if if they need to argue. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually right because in tennis we've had this issue of how players treat umpires. So maybe sometimes we actually bring in more authority. I don't know if you if you get into the weeds of YouTube uh, YouTubers that specifically like showcase moments of anger and frustration i completely understand why they're frustrated with some of the chair umpires because they make very very questionable decisions i was just watching something about francis tiafo in shanghai and he absolutely deserved to win the point but the chair empire saw it differently than him and wrong like at the, they kept showing like the youtuber edited it and they kept showing how um the ball had bounced twice before francis tiafo had actually hugged the net and the chair empire just didn't see it that way and he literally cost him a point which ended which threw him off for the entire match so yeah i i don't love when chair empires get like berated but sometimes i'm like i wish they could see how wrong they were and that's why we have like uh, video the, review, the, yeah, yeah, the video review. Yeah, if you saw literally, if you slowed it down and saw how wrong you were, you could overchange the decision, yeah. and you would get why this player is telling you like, how are you making this call in this moment? You know? Yeah, and there's a huge like um, that. There's a huge thing between umpires in tennis. I feel like that even when they realize they're wrong, they want to change their decision because it makes them look weak. Mm -hmm. And yeah, mm -hmm. video review could say could um, end up saving a lot of that. So, what was the second um, innovation that you said? Ah, the free fan movement. Yeah, yes, it, it, yes. this feels obvious. This feels obvious. I'm that super excited it about should that. Should be yeah. implemented. Yeah, that's actually I mean, also that, that's new. Like that was a, that's not new. That at the next gen finals that happened in the previous editions as well. But mm. yeah, ooh, really? On the okay. sides, there's no real argument, and also even on like I don't know Arthur Ashe, for example, when you have yes. the, someone moving in the 15th <laughs> row, yeah, it, it's not yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they when we're just off the heels of what I experienced from, via television for the Davis Cup Finals, people are literally blowing blow horns. They have like mega speakers. They have carrots at the top of their head, like. That is enough to like get you distracted. But if you're in the moment and you are a professional athlete, you should be able at a certain point. I'm, I'm I would imagine it takes time. I would imagine it's not something you get adjusted to straight out of the gate. But like at a certain point, if you're going to realize this is your career and your passion, you should be able to play past Miss Sarah with her, you know, chug of beer at the baseline wanting to just move around like the she's not the reason that you just lost that point or you you didn't get your first serve in the play like just focus on the the tennis i feel like tennis needs to as a sport tennis needs to understand that you can play with noise and quote-unquote distractions and you can play efficiently as well too so that's good to see yeah i'm going to share a photo of the court so there are there's no doubles Allie, let me see if I can make mm. that bigger for you guys. There. And I guess that there is the, towards the net. Yeah, it's right at net height. It really what are those is right red, height. What, is, what are those little red squiggly things like in the background? I can't tell. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're like. Just I think the, there's a design? Just, oh, yeah, there's just a, okay, I see the next signal. Got it. Okay, cool. I see, I see interesting but yeah that's cool I, I, yeah 
I'm excited. I know you guys talked about um, the part about it being a Jeddah really quick, but I'm, I'm really interested to see what the crowds are like, you know, because again, other than the wild card, which I know we're going to get into the players now, we have the wild card who's from Jordan. There isn't really any player that they're coming to be like, oh, this is my homegrown, you know, tennis person that I'm coming to watch. And I'm wondering if they're going to treat it a little bit like F1, where it's just like, this is a good thing you know, good event to come to and have maybe some champagne or drinks or food and watch some sport, you know? And get enlightened by who's actually playing. I'm hoping that's what the case is because there, there, there aren't that many options in my mind. I may be, I might, I might not be hundred percent correct about this, but in my mind, there's not a whole bunch of options outside of the little swing that they have in February for tennis fans in the Middle East to actually, you know, sit and watch live elite professional tennis. And this seems like a good idea or a good reason for them to just literally indulge in professional tennis, especially up and coming professional tennis players. So if you're uh whether you are a like starting tennis fan or a diehard tennis fan, you can say, Hey, like I watched Dominic Stricker or Luca Nardi or Abdullah Shabai um play before they won their grandson before they made that run at indian wells in miami and that creates a connection and like that just pours over into like being a wonderful fan of the sport so i think hopefully people just come out to you know and enjoy tennis and don't really care that there isn't necessarily a household name currently playing which is not the purpose of the event anyway so yeah. yeah, yeah, very much agree with that. I mean, one of my favorite memories from watching tennis, like when I just started out, was seeing Nick Kyrgios get to that Wimbledon quarter and being like, oh, that's the guy with the monster serve that I saw at Davis Cup last year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the time we were just, oh, my God, this kid has such a strong serve. I mean, who the hell is he? And then, you know, and, and yeah, it's a very cool feeling for sure. It definitely helped me grow the, the fandom. And yeah, in terms of what the crowds will be like, I think we have just absolutely zero clue, right? About yeah. the tennis culture We're in Saudi to make Arabia. <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. there was something, I was listening to an interview that Billie Jean King did, and I'm paraphrasing it, but she said something along the fact that Saudi Arabia has a high population of um, people under 30 or 40 compared to other places in the world. So like they're, okay. they're, they're perp that was part of the reason that they're purposely trying to tap into a younger market. Um, Cause ah. the, the age old thing about tennis is that it's age old. Like it's for an older demographic. And if you tap into a market where there are younger people, then younger people are going to watch your sport. And you don't know how that's going to be a trickle down or like an expand expansive effect. I'm not sure how true that is. She didn't like, you know, yeah. quote, <laughs> She didn't, she didn't quote her research, but she said something along the lines of that. And it made me think that, oh, that kind of that kind of makes sense. But I'm, again, this is just Billie Jean King's uh, interview, yeah. not necessarily. The, the stats might be right, you know, but in, <laughs> in general, like we all love Billie Jean King. She's such a figure in the sport. And, She's you know, still an 80 year old woman. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, her comments about Saudi Arabia recently. Uh, yeah. And, and let's be honest. The main reason is money. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more events in Saudi Arabia because tennis, especially women's tennis at the moment, which we're not here to talk about in total, but women's tennis needs the financial stability. So if they're offering it, then got to yeah. go where the stability is sometimes. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And um, just going through the comments real quick, Jane, I did see your question. And I remember when I came on, that's my favorite part. Jane asked, um, what's this base camp thing they're doing? I don't know, but I'm all about it. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm all about it. I just want to see people with their athletic prowess. Just show me what they got. I'm ready for it. Um, you might be thinking, why are we pivoting to JFK assassination? Well, <laughs> welcome to Talking Tennis. We are very, very we, we pivot here. Okay. <laughs> we we cover all topics. And um, yes. But Damien, Miles, we want to go through the players. Do we go in this list here? Sounds fine. If we uh, list go the through the groups, maybe better, right? Oh, the because we have, okay, we have yes. the groups. Let me pull up so the groups. I think it would be easier if we just go group by group. I love that yeah. there's that's that's one thing I kind of I'm torn because the WTA finals has a history of calling the groups something associated to the place that they're in instead of just giving them a color and going with the color or like the color of the flags or the color of that are the colors that A or B though. Like what's what's bad about A or A and B? Nothing, but I actually think green or red or a color makes more sense. Like it it just it it helps to identify things instead of being like, hey, this is the butterfly group and this is the um But do you actually remember group. who is in green group and who is in red group? Yeah, that, it's easier for me to remember. For me, like but if you're like this a is the red B group. Be easier? Wouldn't A or B be easier? I feel like A and B are the same as like red or blue to, in my no, mind. No, because it's just one and two, you know? And and gotcha. I sort of, like I can yeah. remember that feels um Streaker, Koboli, and Nardi are in group one or group A or whatever. But I cannot, for the life of me, remember if it's green or red. Any time, like you. Well, ask the, the me, flag, no the way. flag of Saudi Arabia is green and red, isn't it? Wait, it's just green. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, no, I'm, I just clicked on the Wikipedia, and I've only the flag only says green. So, yeah. Or look, the only the the flag literally only has green in it. Not sure where the red is coming in, but red is clearly a part of their marketing. So maybe they just decided to do that. I don't know. What? But I'm, Actually, I'm cool with green and red. What were the colors? <laughs> what were the colors for the ATP final? Weren't they green and red? Weren't they blue? Yeah, I think it's the same. Because they were in Italy, and Italy's flag has green and red in it. For sure, I know yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, who knows? But let's talk about the let's talk about the group. So in the green group, we've got Arthur Fees, Dominic Stricka. I want to dance with somebody. Um, Flavio Coboli. How do you say it, yes. Damien? You're better. It's fine. Flavio Coboli. Yeah. And Luca Naldi. And Luca Naldi. So what do we think of uh, the green group? This group consists of the guys that I've actually seen play this season. I've seen seen Fees play a bunch of times this season. I've seen a couple of matches of Stricker. One match of Coboli sticks out. And then Luca Nardi. Alcaraz or is it the Alcaraz? Al- first round Alcaraz French Open this year. They played a really phenomenal, phenomenal third set. And Caboli for most of that third set was as electric as Carlos Alcaraz is. It just was only in that first set. So that's not how you judge an entire, entire player. But if you had just watched that first set of Flavio Caboli versus Carlos Alcaraz, you would say that they're kind of peers as far as electricity, talent, shot making, um, and excitement on court. So that's how I was introduced to Caboli. 
yeah, despite a very easy loss for him there, I think that's a very good introduction <laughs> point for Ricopoli. Yeah. yeah, I really do. Like the third set was really fantastic. And uh, in general, what you said, I think uh, really uh, it is true about him. Like sometimes he just makes tennis look so easy. Just a phenomenal shot maker. I'm glad that he's had the sort of bounce back year that he had. I actually talked to him at the beginning of the year in Sekish Fahervar and he like mentioned being in a pretty dark place mentally, which was hmm. fine because at the time his results were still not improved all that much. But since that point, from that point onwards, maybe it's because I talked to him. <laughs> maybe I yes. just uh, gave him some sort of positive yep. um, feelings and confidence. Yes, Damien. <laughs> but then, of course, Damien's he had a very out solid... here just pumping up, you know, challenger yeah. players. You got this. You can make it on the main tour. Good That's on. what it's all about. Yeah. I love that. I talked to like three of these guys this year. So, you know, there, there's, there's oh, some awesome. pattern there. There is some pattern there. And um, yeah, anyway, with Koboli, uh, he then had a very solid season, of course, like five challenger semifinals, then he wins the title. His second one gets to the top 100 for the first time. He was already an alternate, by the way, for this event in 2021, but it wasn't like properly on ranking. It was because he was like the highest ranked Italian out or something like that. There were like two or three alternates. And of course, he didn't mm. play. In fact, I don't think ever in the history of next gen finals an alternate was was called in yet i might be wrong on that but i, I don't really remember that but anyway uh yeah i just think he's the clear outsider in this group however simply because it's oh, you think he's the clear upsider you, oh, yeah. oh yes i can see because if it was on clay and outdoors i feel like I would. Be yeah yeah yes, yes. exactly but um indoors he recently made the semis in Danderet. i actually was there and also talked to him but uh he won two matches but it was against Bayi and albot basically players who also don't really have a strong service game like his first serve can be pretty pacey but what you mentioned about like the, the electricity of his game i think mm -hmm. it also kind of works against him sometimes mm -hmm. especially in such conditions because he's just so all over the place and like mm. on clay, you can get away with that because yep. the other guy is just not going to be winning points, you know, with a strong serve or something like that. And when he played Martere in the semis in Danderet, he just couldn't compete at all against just the monster serve plus one forehand play. And um, I don't know if this is going to be really that true here because this might be a slow court. I mean, in in Milan, it was always a very fast indoor surface. Mm -hmm. We don't know anything about Jeddah. There's a friend of mine actually who's in who's in Saudi Arabia. He like works for the um, federation there as a coach mm. and he said that the surface is pretty slow oh i trust him you know he should know <laughs> what he's talking about but then again court speed is always such a topic where like one player will say that it's rapid one player will say that it's like a, it you know, varies yeah it, you know it varies from opinion to opinion so you know what's interesting about kaboli and the other person i guess we could switch to because this is a good segue in his in his uh in his group is Dominic Stricker. Speaking of Kaboli's uh, experience on clay, he's a two-time French Open um, Grand Slam Didn't they junior finalist. Doubles his, together? His partner was Dominic Stricker. Exactly. They, got to the, yeah. they got to the final in 2019, and they actually won it together in 2020, he and Dominic Stricker, who they're in the same group. So apparently they have some level of camaraderie there, which is good. Yeah. I totally Who do we think that. makes it out of the group? I mean, author fees is... Author fees yeah. and Dominic Stricker are the two guys that have had 
the most success on the ATP tour, specifically this season. So I feel like my eyes go to them based off of name recognition and their games. But, you know, with the format, the fast four format, a lot of things can happen. And honestly, I maybe you guys can plug in here because I'm not sure where the pros and cons lie in Luca Nardi's game. Um, I don't know much about him. So I'm not yeah, sure how so- he's going to fit in. So Fuse and Streaker, uh, they are actually the two pre-tournament favorites. And uh, I don't want to say it would be a shock to see either exit in the group stage. I would say, though, that Streaker is more likely to exit in the group stage rather than uh, Fuse. Fuse is just, you know, consistent enough to win the two matches here. Streaker yeah. is more of a mixed bag for sure. But mm-hmm. after his performance last year, you know, he went 3-0 in groups. He led to that Draper Musetti shootout for second place. I kind of feel like he should do well again. He was also injured recently, though. That has to be mentioned. Ismaning, he had his, he had a back injury, retired against Molekar, then he pulls out of uh, Helsinki and Dandaret. And um, even, the you know... Stricker what that he, has what, an injury? Was that Stricker, stricker you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, Stricker. Yeah, gotcha. And even um, what he did after the US Open, right? I mean, he beats, of course, Tsitsipas. He reaches the fourth round. Then he loses five matches in a row. Then mm-hmm. he beats Kasper Ruud in Basel. I mean, that's Dominic Stricker for you. For better or worse. <laughs> yeah. Maybe does that I, I, sound, I feel like... Uh-huh. Does, that, does that sound a little bit like a Swiss countryman uh, before he got um, more stability in his game? You do, you know, do you know who I'm talking about? They they actually kind of favor each other. I don't think they don't like brothers necessarily, but they look like they could be in the same family. Stan? Yeah. I, Stan, Stan was like it? that. Hmm. Stan had electricity in his game that would like ebb and flow before he got to uh being a Grand Slam semifinalist and then finalist and winning them. He used to like I I would watch one match of his and be like, why is he not a consistent, like talked about okay. top twenty player, and then he would just go. I wouldn't see him for weeks, you know. So, yeah. or if I saw him for okay. weeks, he'd be in kind of a slump. And I feel like he could Dominic Stricker and Sam Arenka could have a conversation about that. <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, I probably didn't start watching Vavrinka until like 2012, 13, because that's when mm. I started watching tennis. So, gotcha. you know, my recollection of that is different because I just remember some results that he had, like the Rome final in 2008, mm-hmm. of course, the Beijing Olympics doubles gold. Mm-hmm. But I never re- don't really remember how he did from week to week. That So that's pretty interesting. You, you uh, don't remember because he didn't do... <laughs> 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 yeah Not but, um, with the you don't remember because <laughs> but yeah that, that, that's why i think that streaker is like not a lock to um get out of the groups but anyway if he wins the group it's also not surprising you know this is a guy who can absolutely fire up i feel like he's gonna have a i don't know if a grand slam title you know like like Favrinka, but like he's gonna have a season when everything clicks right and he just i'm expecting it However he's not going to be the he's not going to be the Swiss guy that uh that stops the train. I expect him to win a major yeah. in a uh, Oh, I mean I shouldn't say expect. I shouldn't say expect, but I would not be surprised if he wins a major in the next this is a big prediction in the next Yo, this 7 is a years. Big prediction. I wouldn't this be surprised. Well, and I'm, I'm I also go big on lefties cuz I feel like they have, you know, uh-huh. they have the the extra the extra gear that's just built into their game or extra uh intangible, I shouldn't say gear, but I mean, I'm looking back at Stan Marenka's, um Grand Slam, just Grand Slam performance timeline. And from 05 to 2010, he made one quarterfinal and it was in 2010. And he was, those were supposed to be like his prime age years to like, you know, come on the scene and do some damage. But those were also the prime Roger Federer years too. So, I mean, 
and then Stricker doesn't have any of that to deal with. He really only has, he's 21 now. So he probably likely won't have to deal with um, Novak Djokovic. He'll just have to deal with Carlos Alcaraz and Yannick Sinner. And I feel like his game eventually, if he kind of gets better at uh, physicality, he could, I feel like he could match them shot for shot. At least if we're just thinking well, about this group, he's the one. In addition to Arthur Fees, he's the one that I could see getting to the later rounds of a Grand Slam. Well, picking up on your word, um, picking up on your word there, physicality. And before we jump into the red group, just I just want to put this in your head. We'll talk about the red group and then let me know what you think, because it's funny that they're doing this base camp kind of event that seems to be testing the athletes like physicality ability maybe endurance because they're also shortening a lot of breaks that athletes would have had in between points and i remember the person i was talking to this to about like sort of shortening it from 25 seconds to 15 seconds it's not allowing a lot of rest for you to breathe after like a 40 shot rally. You know, you do a 40 shot rally and you, you get back on that ball and you start playing. So it's interesting to me that they are then doing this base camp event, which John is sharing here. It's a new pre-event off court competition. Base camp will measure the skills and the physicality of players through a series of tests, creating new way for fans to analyze the games, rising stars. So you add that to whoever wins that base camp event. And then you're sort of like, you put them on court and all the points are being shortened. Who's winning? I don't know. I, I think it sounds like you're saying, it sounds like you're saying Stricker doesn't seem like he's going to be winning in that, I in that lane. Miles. Miles. I'll just say, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't uh, excel in that Miles. lane. No I, I wouldn't be surprised. He already did last year. I mean, he already did last year, you know. He's the only very... real, the, the only change with the short with the shot clock that we have compared to last year is the eight seconds between first and second serve. Everything right. else was already there, and he did well in 2022. I don't think it's a problem mm. because you know the only points that get shortened to 15 seconds are aces, double faults, and return serves. I mean, everyone does can he that. does he look different from 2022 to 2023? Not really. Uh, I wouldn't See, say that's, so. That's the that's the thing that I'm a little bit nervous about. Like it just. I mean, I'm not one to talk, but it does seem like he carries. If you if you look at his physique compared to the rest of the people just oh. in his group, he carries yeah. his weight and his uh, physicality a little bit different. And I'm not sure if that's going to be advantageous in a very very tight. We have to keep things moving format because um, he hits a big ball, but he's a big guy, so you should. But like, I mean, again, he you know, last year he dominated the group stage, you know. What yeah, we, I mean, sometimes it, I mean, if he, if he has the physicality, he can power through all of those things and make points quicker. So he played Tsitsipas for four hours at the U.S. Open as well. I actually, couldn't, I actually couldn't believe what he was doing in the fifth. But Tsitsipas' backhand is well. Tsitsipas's backhand doesn't require you to have that much physicality anyway. So I mean, you know. <laughs> but no, that much did. Sorry, like, from, from streaker wow. four hours. Stop you know, with the shuttles. With the subtle shade. Miles is just like firing everything. I started it with Brandon Nakashima, and then Miles just. <laughs> and then Miles just takes the over. Yeah. But um, you know, and again, exactly, Jane. It's like the NFL Combine. It's just yes, like the NFL, which people combine. love. People love. People love. You that. know, it's it's like a fun. It's. Uh, Oh, I'm very interested to see how it goes, but let's move on to the red group. Luca Nardi. We haven't touched on Luca Nardi. Um, 
Oh, we haven't. Ooh. Please tell us more about him because I I do not know much about him. Yeah, I'll just tell you that if someone is going to trouble Fius and Stryker here, I think it's Nardi. Uh, this much, actually, tomorrow that John was you know, advertising that we're going to be doing the watch-along, me and Mario, actually, for Nardi and Fils. I think it's really exciting. Uh, could set up Nardi for a great event. He got this sort of late surge to get into this event after a pretty disappointing start to the season. The first half was, was absolutely awful. Everyone thought that he was going to break the top 100 this year. He didn't manage to do it. However, I think right now he kind of has to, just because he had a very strong finish. 121 point, 121 points picked up in the last few weeks. That's how he's here. That's how he exceeded Tardarian Kazo. And back in the juniors, Nardi was for a while like considered just as much, just as big of a talent as Alcaraz and Rune. He's the same hmm. year, Berfier, of course, 2003. Uh, then he kind of, of course, you know, dropped off compared to these two, which they are superhumans. I feel like a lot of that is uh, maybe, you know, he would probably want like you know, a, a couple more centimeters to his height, just a stronger serve, str- just be a little stronger to help him produce that attacking game style that he has. Definitely like a player who oozes natural talent and exceptional mm-hmm. shot making. But the, the main problem, I guess, for now has been that he kind of doesn't have any spectacular weapon you know something very easy to win points with and um this year i feel like um perhaps 2022 was more about improving his serve this year was more about finally trusting the forehand more which he definitely has done in the last few months i feel like he's a guaranteed top um top 100 breakthrough in 2024 definitely Mm. very dangerous in indoor conditions as well i think he has he has two, two challenger titles. Challenger in titles indoors, exactly. Yeah, 2022, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Forley at the beginning of the year, and then something else as well. Lugano. This, oh, Lugano. Yeah, yeah. Lugano over Ridi. That was a great next gen final. I don't know this and, on top of my um, head, by the way. This is literally Wikipedia's information. <laughs> I, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. But yeah, Forley and Lugano. So uh, yeah, I think he's actually quite dangerous here and probably quite a bit unlucky as well to just run into these guys. Uh, but I'm glad that, you know, after after a ter- horrible start of the year, I believe in him again. I think t- top 100 in 2024 is absolutely almost a lock. And he did have a great match indoors, actually, with Tsitsipas as well. In he Astana, was close. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was close to... Uh, to two tiebreakers. Two tiebreaks, yeah. He got his first Masters win this year in 2023. I yeah, but it wasn't too impressive over yeah, Vastro. Yeah, yeah, it was over, over Vastro. But he does have... Uh, two challenger titles this year, both of which on hard in Portugal and Japan, and then one more final yeah. in India. So, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good resume. And yeah, I'm excited to see kind of how he looks. I don't think I'll be able to watch any of the, the live tennis, but the the uh, the highlights for the ATP Next Gen Finals have been great over the years, and they really give yeah. me an insight to like how the person plays. So I'm interested to see how he looks. That's good. I feel like I've just, I'm just watching too much of this event every year to check highlights no that makes sense yeah i don't watch like during the grand slams during the grand slams i hardly ever watch those like highlight videos because i've typically seen the match match. yeah i've seen it so yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) this is random by the way but after that vashro win do you remember his next round no he lost the double bagel to musetti oh oh, of all people wow that that was nasty that was nasty but anyway, right. yes, uh, I feel like if anyone <laughs> troubles Fields or Sticker here in this group, it's going to be Nardi. Would love to see that. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a rough one. I mean, the two pre-tournament favorites, you know, even if you look at the odds right now, uh, despite them being in the same group, it's still going to be Fields and Streaker up top. And um, it makes sense. It, it, it does hold up.
Yeah, yeah. They have the, the on, biggest uh, success on tour. But okay, Red Group. So Red, Red Group, Group, which I feel like is is a little uh, it's the it's it's madness, <laughs> and also like name recognition doesn't have the same as Green Group. Yeah. So we've got Luca Vanash, who I haven't really watched a lot. Um, I think he was part of. Was it Sophia? Remind me, Damien. Which indoor was he in Sophia? Was Mets it the other one? quarterfinal. Mets, Mets quarterfinal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he, he saved I, like match points to get there right. over Botic, maybe. I don't remember. I can't remember who was against, but I, I do remember watching him in that only because it was sort of like, oh, all you know, all the Frenchmen fighting for this French title. It was, you know, <laughs> it was a thing. But Alex Mickelson. Newport, that was his breakthrough. Um, he's an American, you know. I think during that whole Newport grass season, which I watched, they were all talking about is he going to college? Is he not going to college? And he decided mm -hmm. to go pro. So that's his story there. He's super tall. He seems like another like Sir Botting type. I mean, he's he's enormous. He gives Riley Opelka. He's giving a lot of rally, even his look. Like yep. he just it's kind very... of like I mean, look maybe, but like he's not a surfboard at all. And he, he yeah, has, he, yeah, he can actually you... be very consistent off the ground. The backhand down yeah. the line is ridiculous. And he actually was oh, this... having some issues with his serve, but the last two weeks, the ones that got him the Australian Open wild card, which yeah, after all, he probably won't need it because he's already in the top 100. Probably will get the, get it. But I feel like Knoxville and Champagne they were really built on his serve being a major factor again. And uh, if he actually keeps it up here, I like his chances a lot. But um, okay. yeah, I, I don't know. Say something if, about if Luca Van Asch yeah, too. Luca Van Asch, yeah. I think he made a pretty good run in Hamburg. I think quarterfinal, yeah. He's got yeah, two. I remember him losing to I remember him losing to Zverev, and that's why I was like, oh, he didn't like his game wasn't on full display because Zverev pretty much took control of that match. Or maybe um, very it was. easily. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, but because, his uh yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is I can see he, he reminded me a little bit of Richard Gasquet if Richard Gasquet had a two-handed backhand. A little bit. I don't know. I'm not. I have to flush out that he has a, feeling he has in a my head. Extreme grip. So yeah, maybe that was something sense. about it. Yeah, yeah. The it was something about is his... like very weird. The bucket. Yeah, it was something about is... it. I was like, mm. and his, I guess his his uh his stature and and things reminded me a little a little bit of Gasquet, like slight but crafty enough to probably make a good career on the ATP tour. So we'll see. We'll see. And um, he's only five yeah. ten. The other two that I didn't mention, Hamed Medvedevich. Is that Hamad Medvedovich? And Abdullah Sabal. How do you say his last name? I think it's Shabai. Shabai? I said okay. Shabai. I need to figure but, it out. Yeah. But um, I'm I mean, interested. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, I've heard I'm him say it. He says Abdullah Shabai. Yeah, okay. I think I listen. I think I listened to him say it. I've just been mm -hmm. saying Abdullah Shabai ever since I started okay, watching cool. him, which was okay, cool. probably Mallorca last year. So Ah, um, so I'm interested in what Gor Goran is saying because I'm not sure if I'm getting this right, but is Ahmed the kid that Djokovic is sponsoring? Yes, yes, yes. He's, Djokovic Medjavich, is covering all the costs of his career. Yeah. Yeah. came out and said with, that, right? Yeah, yeah Hamad travels with Dreitsky as well. Nice. From the and um, earlier than that, he also was uh, traveling with Stefan Robert from the Djokovic Academy. So, yeah, basically, uh, Djokovic really. Yeah, you know, put a lot of trust in him. 
-hmm. And um, that was a good choice, I have to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, Hamad had a beautiful rise this year. I remember being like, um, because I had this list of like people who can break the top 100, right, in 2023. And I remember Majedovic just seemed like such a bold peak. And eventually mm -hmm. he almost got there. I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't get over the line. But he just seemed like an absolute, you know, sort of bold call. And then he comes out mm -hmm. and has this great 2023. Two main tour semifinals already. Astana, uh, what was the other, is, uh, the second one? Kstad, maybe? Kstad, when he lost to Kachin, Kachin won the title? I think so. And uh, yeah, I mean, the brute and he qualified for his the, servant forehand is... He, yeah, he qualified for the French and Wimbledon twice. That. He, 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 he uh, lost yeah. in the first round, but he qualified and won three matches yeah, to yeah. get to that main yeah. draw. So little he's really pointing in the actual main draws, but I feel yeah. like uh, out of all of these eight players, like if I was to say who can have like the most constant presence at the top of the sport, it's Fils and Majerovic for me, just because mm -hmm. of what we talked we were talking about uh, with Streaker um, earlier. Right. I mean, I think it's great. At, you know, I remember when that article came out that, you know, Novak was sort of sponsoring him. And I'm such an advocate of, you know, tennis is such it's an, let's not beat around the bush. It's an expensive sport. You mm -hmm. know, I, I have friends who want who is looking for their kids to join the sport. And it's like tennis rackets, lessons, all it all adds up. And it's a lot of money, you know, and when I saw this article, I actually was like very touched by it to, mm -hmm. for such an elite player to just pick one person and say, you know what? You don't need to worry about anything. All you need to worry about is playing tennis and being very good at the sport. Everything else is covered. And it's very interesting to me to see what happens from that. If you don't yeah. need to worry, if you don't need to. There's a level of freedom. Yeah. Anything. How great could you be? Like, I'm very interested. It, it, I would be very interested to see what happens in the red group because you're right. It is the most kind of like, uh, you know, I really can't <laughs> pick who's going to make it out, you know? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I yeah. think that's interesting. Um, the the thing I, with Mikkelsen that we haven't... Huh? No, go, go, ahead, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to very... the... just gonna make a very, very vain comment about uh, Medjevic instead go, of go. Had really, really... He had really, really strong legs. I did like an Instagram uh, search the other day, and I was like, "Wow, he has really, really strong legs." At least from like my vision. Yeah, but on, his physicality is also like streakers, I guess. You know where? Oh, really? Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, he's a little. Uh, I don't want to say overweight. They make it work. Uh, they're not the fastest. I mean, streaker probably is a lot faster than Hamad. I think, uh, especially mm. at first, Hamad actually like his footwork used to be awful. He has gotten a lot of work on it this year. So mm. I don't think it's the main issue right now. People's, people, of course, on Twitter like tend to just throw it around anytime he loses. They mm -hmm. say, you know, he just has to work on his fitness. To an mm -hmm. extent, yes. I mean, I hope that in the offseason he's going he's gonna to actually get some sort of work done there. But anyway, with Mickelson, I think the one thing to mention is that I feel like it's very hard to just get him against, like maybe just um, estimate his level against all of these guys. Because mm -hmm. just for the past five months, four months or so, he's only been playing in the States. 
He's only been yeah. playing like the very same yes. challenger fields because the challenger fields in like you know all these Tiburon, Knoxville, uh, Las Vegas actually <laughs> wasn't held, but like all of Knoxville, these events actually, the, yeah, Chicago, yeah, Knoxville, Charlottesville, Champaign. That was the end of the year, but like even earlier, um, Tiburon, Columbus, and etc. They actually had very stale fields for a while. Like you would literally go from draw to another, and you could find two mirror, like, like two rematches instantly. Even recently, Mikkelsen played in the first round in Knoxville, Tomic, then in Champaign, Tomic as well, and like it happened all the time. And uh, I feel like Mickelson just hasn't played these sort of guys in such a long while and generally hasn't played them much. I think I think in Europe he's only played like what one time this well maybe two or three events this year, like in, in the bulk. I think he played a clay challenger where he qualified and lost in the first round. He also played in Mallorca. But yeah, we just haven't really seen him against players like this. And I think that's one of the main things about this group that is so tough to predict. And mm. with with Vanash as well, um, I'm a bit of a Luca Vanash hater, <laughs> to admit. Not in the sense that you know I dislike him or something. I actually have this isn't one of the guys that I've ever spoken to, but um, I do feel like he sort of got a lot of hype early on just because of his age and the fact that he won the French. But compared to Fields, he was always like sort of no prospect in my opinion. Yeah, he looks like just, a, just, he looks like a, yeah. a a toddler next to Fields. To be honest, he yeah. Does. <laughs> and he actually beat Fields in that French Open final. In the final. French Open uh, boys' uh, singles, singles final. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they, they, they get onto the tour at the same time. And, you know, so like, Van Asch wins a couple of challengers, gets there. But Fields actually has the main tour impact in February. Mm-hmm. He has the back-to-back mm-hmm. ATP 250 semis. Then Lyon, of course. And I don't want to, like, say that this is how I see Luca Van Asch's career you know, just progressing forward. Maybe in a couple of years, it's going to be different. Of course, there's been a number of players without like extraordinary weapons, let's say, who have made it very far you know, from France, let's say Gilles Simon. But um, yeah, for now, I just don't think he's really main to ready. The two semi, the two quarters, you know, as a whole, he actually had like a 9-16 or something like that win-loss record on the ATP Tour this year. But this is a level he should be more comfortable with, right? At the beginning of the season, he won a huge one to five challenger in Pau. He beats Ugo Umber there in the final. Of course, given the year that Umber has had, that's a great win. Also, mm-hmm. that's the longest challenger final ever, by the way, by 25 minutes. So quite mm-hmm. a historic moment as well. And um, I know that I constantly underestimate Vanash, and I'm afraid of doing that again. But if I was to pick the two guys here, I would go with Majelovic and Mikkelsen. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry, the I'm thing, sorry. The thing you said about Mikkelsen, about like him not really playing with these yeah. set of guys and his, his peers... That made me think about Ben Shelton because I feel like Ben Shelton did a lot of that winning over. Well, yeah. you know, Ben Shelton was playing the likes of like Chris Eubanks and other players who are more to- were tour ready, I guess. So I'm interested to see how Mickelson um, maybe takes some inspiration from Shelton, who goes from having success in challengers all the way to a Grand Slam quarterfinal. But then we're not talking about best of five sets where it seems like Shelton thrives and he doesn't really do as well yet in best of three. So we'll, we'll I mean, see. Shanghai, right? But yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. In Mikkelsen Japan, Shelton, Tokyo. it's the same story. It's mm-hmm. out in Tokyo as well. It's the same story, literally. It's just the same story with less marketing, with less mm-hmm. publicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Well, of course, Shelton had a year in college. Mikkelsen was mm-hmm. only going to get there, but like it's the same dilemma somewhere in the summer. It's the same sort of events that they've been succeeding in, mm-hmm. barely playing in Europe. I mean, Shelton famously never played yeah. in Europe before <laughs> this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're very right that he also didn't really have the experience playing against these guys. I actually talked to Ben about this even this year because he played Maroshan in Cagliari. 
and then he played uh, Zapieri. So after the Marosian win, I was sort of just asking him, you know, you play, you're playing Marosian now, then Zapieri. Like, you haven't played juniors much. You haven't been outside this, of the States. These guys might be, must be like complete unknowns to you, right? <laughs> and it, it's not, he said that it's like not a big um, issue right now because there's all of this like video material that they can mm -hmm. watch on the internet. And I don't think that's part of the issue for Mikkelsen. I just feel, uh, I don't think that's really going to be a thing. I feel like all of these guys, yeah, you can just quickly look them up and like he's going to know what's what's happening. They're also going to know what he's playing more or less. But um, yeah, just, just it's hard to predict what he, how he's going to do. But yeah, Shelton Mikkelsen, I have to say, uh, just the publicity is very different. The ceiling isn't as high, obviously. But it's a shame that Alex isn't getting, you know, even half as much love as Ben was at the end of last if year. If he wins this event, he, he might start. just think about it. Yeah, you're right, yeah, it, actually. No, it totally might because, you know, I, I think I could not open up my phone or my computer or anything during Newport <laughs> and not hear Mickelson's name. It was like, Mickel yeah. I was like, who's this kid? Like, okay, I guess I should watch a match and he's not going to college or he's going to college or whatever. If you follow like American tennis, I think during that time, especially you did hear about him, but you're right. He, and, and after you know, the US open done, right? It was done. It was like, goodbye. We don't know you anymore, but it's also because I think he hasn't had that success at a grand slam. Like Ben Shelton got to, you know, he did so but well. It, and Shelton did it right after eight. Shelton no, did it after the year, right? Exactly. He did it after the year. But I think in the term, in, in, in sort of that sort of, cele not celebrity, um, name recognition. Mm -hmm. I did not know who Shelton was until after the US, the Australian Open. I'd never heard of him. I had, I had known him because him. he, I think he won, I want to say he won two or three challenges in a row three. at the end of, he won three in a row at the end of 2020. No, yeah. And he won, he beat Chris Eubanks in back to back or one of, or two of I think them. Yeah. Twice and of the, them. Yeah. Then so Eubanks like, oh, lost to Vukic in the third and, and, yeah. right. And I heard all of that during the the australian open like it was like oh, gotcha, the, the gotcha. Best, yeah the more he did well it was like oh this is the guy <laughs> who just won all these three channels it's like oh he was <laughs> okay he went to florida got it you know it's it's just i feel like he got that because he was in that you know bubble i don't think i would have heard about mickelson if i hadn't been at newport you know I was planning mm -hmm. to go to New so he he was just the the name in Newport and everyone was yeah, talking about him and then I was like oh paying attention. But other than that like I don't think you can talk to sort of a rando American tennis fan and be like Alex Mickelson and they're like well, you couldn't yeah. even talk They're to me about him. Yeah, because I wouldn't. Right. Like, I'm look. I'm literally looking at his Wikipedia page right now. I'm outside of his profile picture or the picture that they chose. Whoever made his profile on Wikipedia <laughs> chose a very startling picture of him. Um, I wouldn't. When I when I recognized that he had that run to the final in Newport, unfortunately, uh, a me tall American man makes a run on grass. <laughs> who happens to be 19 years old and looks the way Mickelson does, didn't necessarily generate a whole bunch of excitement. And I automatically looped him into the Riley Opelka, John Isner lane. Oh, you didn't have to use that picture, producer. <laughs> that picture. He looks like I, I've been went. I don't know if this is what rude is to say, but do you guys know, you guys know the it character, right? Like the guy that, that, that is the, Yes, Pennywise. He looks like That's a kid it. that Pennywise. He no, he doesn't look like Pennywise. He looks like a kid that Pennywise would absolutely lure into the little. Um, but isn't he giving thing. you that Pennywise vibe though? Yes, with yes, the smile. He is. 
yes, yes. Yeah, yes. the smile. The smile yeah. is of a horror character. Yes, yes it's, it's yeah. kind of creepy. Let's move on. <laughs> but but I did I did unfortunately loop him into the Riley Opelka, John Isner. Um, right. Who else? Oh gosh, yeah, more, yeah, no. more it. No. Oh gosh. No. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. there anybody else that kind of that that he reminds you of? Because I, I I literally only saw bits and pieces of that highlight from uh, <laughs> from from Newport. Y'all, no, that I mean, he definitely doesn't the, the, the back and forth is hilarious. That movie used to give me anxiety. Oh my gosh. Ah. <laughs> uh. Sorry, Alex Nicholson. By the way, guys, <laughs> we are so close to 5,000 subscribers. And if you want more of this chaos, please subscribe <laughs> if you're watching. Like this video because what would you do without this sort of tennis chaos? But continue, Miles. I just want to know well, uh, from Damien, who else does he remind you of anybody? Or does he have his own style? Because I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to lump him into the Opelka Isner um, American serve by conversation. But yeah, he is six def four. Definitely you know? not. I mean, he has a good serve, but like he's definitely more baseline oriented. Um, actually, kind of heavy footed sometimes, uh, but not in a way like Opelka. And yeah, I don't really know. Like maybe a Jensen Frugsby ish. Oh, uh, gosh. That's not going to make no, you click or watch no, it that, that, I mean, it's not that weird in terms of the strokes. Um, but yeah, he's certainly a lot more baseline oriented than all of these guys. Um, actually, yeah, part of part of the recent um, double that he almost did, almost following Ben Shelton's foot in, in Ben Shelton's footsteps. He seems but like sort he of came... following because he won the wildcard challenge, right? He, I'm looking he, at where he's from. He looked like he's coming through the like the 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 pipeline of California tennis that already exists, which is like very mm -hmm. very like uh, sound ground strokes, a solid serve, and attacking forward. Oh, Ryan Harrison maybe, Ryan Harrison mm. maybe. Mm. Um, someone with like a lot of shape on his strokes and actually not mm. as serve and forehand oriented as I guess Ryan was still pretty serve and forehand oriented, like that that American school of 2010s. But like Ryan Harrison was actually a lot more defensive than people remember, I think. And um, oh. yeah, maybe maybe someone like that with like pretty heavy sound Jack ground strokes, as you said. Jack oh, Jack Sock has this. No, I mean Jack Sock is like super just serve forehand, you know, the crazy yeah. top spin, right? Um, Jack Sock is like very American 2010s school of tennis, <laughs> right? Uh, Ryan what, Harrison is kind genre, of breaking David? away from American two thousand. But it makes sense though, like that that Andy Roddick yeah. era. They all Andy played. It. Yeah, Andy Andy Roddick, Robbie Ginepri, James Blake. Uh, yeah, it was very like you know you can kind of see the same things in all of their games. <laughs> big serve, big forehand, some yeah. speed. No back, was, no backhand. Yeah, <laughs> backhands weren't great. You know, so absolutely no backhand. So, so if, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not of that trend. Like that backhand down the line is super sweet. Um, okay. So um, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna bring us back. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us back <laughs> to <laughs> the next gen. Look at that. But yeah. um, you know, so who? Well, we haven't talked much about Shabai. Yeah, we haven't then, talked about one more. Yeah, we haven't talked about. Yeah, one Abdullah more. is the is the person that we should be talking about. And he might he card. might actually bring he might actually have a great you know crowd rocking kind of atmosphere. I mean, I've or seen might him have nothing. Or might or yeah, have nothing. maybe maybe I'm gonna cross my fingers. He's I mean I'm looking at him. I, I, I see an athlete. I'm partial to lefties. I know he had like a a, a, a stint at the Rafael Nadal Academy, and they've produced He's some still some talent there. I think. Oh yeah, yeah I think okay. He's still with them, like they keep promoting yeah. him, and like 
you know, congratulating him on stuff, which is nice. I like that. And he switched his, I'm looking at Wikipedia here. It says he switched his tennis play to being left-handed in order to emulate Rafa Nadal. But who, I mean, that's not necessarily a. Um, Wait, does he really play left-handed? He does. Yeah. yeah he's he left-handed. He, like, yeah, there's, there's but highlights not, or like videos right-handed. of him. Yeah. He, it looks like he's, he was playing right-handed until 14. Actually. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually know that even. Um, I, I know he's left-handed. I mean, I've watched the guy, but I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he moved. He, he moved he's the to one Mallorca of this whole Yeah, he, he, he moved when he was fourteen. He actually moved to the Rafa. I mean, to Mallorca to to play to train at the Rafa Nadal Academy. Then he goes to Florida Gators, and actually, he is friends with Ben Shelton there. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, then he also leaves. Great season this time. I mean, at the beginning, he had that huge challenger final in Manama. He actually even showed up on the main tour a few times, right? Like Banyaluka or something like mm-hmm. that. He got a few wild cards. Yes, uh, it was Banyaluka. Yes, yes. Very popular yeah. wildcard player. I guess like the, the Jordanian thing kind of really works yeah. for you because anytime he steps out onto the court, he breaks a record. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, literally. Uh, because yeah. whatever he does, it, he's true. the first Jordanian yeah. to do so. And, like the Anzabor uh, yeah. effect, kind of, sort of, yeah. 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 Um, probably Jabert started doing it at like a slightly higher ranking than him, right? Because like we've had some Tunisians playing, but yeah. just not at that level. Whereas like mm-hmm. with Shelbach, I literally cannot tell you any other Jordanian player. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, also recently, of course, first challenger title, first Jordanian to do it, 100%. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that he got that. I understand the argument, actually. I think, well, who said that? No, it was actually because I also did another stream on the Next Gen Finals earlier today in Polish. And someone in the chat said that um, it was a a she, and she said that uh, she doesn't like the wildcard idea because there's just so much money involved and it's kind of arbitrary. And I agree with that. If he actually brings in the crowds, that would be cool for the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it would it actually be better if it's Darderi or Kazo? Maybe I think Shelby definitely doesn't stand out from the pack as much as you know his ranking maybe would tell you, and like the fact that he has earned 300 points this year, and someone like Nardi, who was the last qualified, earned I think 540 something. So he doesn't stand out this much, but he is still the very clear outsider in his group at least. If we got him playing Kobori, for example, I think he would have a great chance. Mm-hmm. I actually have this bold prediction in my mind that Shelby will not... Well, that, that's not bold that he won't get to the semis, but that he won't leave the, uh, the, leave the group with a 0-3 record. And I think with okay. him, the court speed will actually matter a lot. If it's really slow, I think he has a shot. Like He's just really good whenever he has the chance to show off that court craft variety, you know, tennis IQ. Uh, when he has the chance to do it, sure. But if someone like Medvedevic would step out onto the court against him like a super fast surface, I don't know if he holds up against the serve. Maybe his group is actually pretty good for him because you get someone like uh, Luka Vanash and he should have enough time to like you know freely play with him and t- have the time to use his assets. Medvedevic can always just hit himself off the court as well. <laughs> Maybe someone like Mikkelsen because like in the middle of them. So like big weapons, but also kind of controlled. Maybe that's going to be tough for Shellbike. But I would love him to get a win. I, I, I think that would be good. And then I would yeah. love to see him win the entire event. If 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 I I don't know if that's going to be realistic because I don't really, really know the X's and O's of his game. But if I had to make a final that Miles would sit down and watch in mm-hmm. late November, it would be Arthur Fees versus Abdullah Shabai. And then that would be like final number final A. In, in, in my perfect world and then final b probably would be um 
Stricker versus Medjevic, I think. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Like big boy tennis, my fave. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, Fee Stricker probably is the most likely, but then again, you know. Well, you if they the both get out of their group, it would be the rematch. Yeah, you know? I don't, I, that's the. I'm not a fan of that. I have no idea. Maybe I'm not a fan based off of the last couple of weeks of how Center and Djokovic did it. Maybe that's playing into my mind. But I'm You're probably the only person on the planet <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't like it. that. I don't. Yeah. I don't love the rematches. I don't. I've what? never been a fan. I don't love them. I don't know. I don't. I don't really love them. I, I don't hate. I don't hate the round robin format. I just don't like seeing players who literally played at that exact same venue a couple of days ago playing again. It's something about that. It's just weird. I, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. The way I see it, it's more sort of just like a guttural. Like, can he get the revenge? Can he? You know, can that player, he, she, whoever, just like you know, you beat me. I'm going to show you like, that's how, I mean, of course this is the dialogue yeah. in my head. I don't know what they're, t- I don't know what they're doing yeah. in their head, but I like that sort of like conflict and like, or, or the player being like, I beat you. And I'm going to do it again. I did it once. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. I'm going to do it again. I was thinner, yeah, I thinner, guess like, from I that perspective. Once, I'll do it twice. Yeah. But, um, okay. I, I mean, I think we should wrap up here. Um, what any final thoughts about next gen finals you know this specific event i just want to highlight that damien will be on stream tomorrow you know calling the um what match are you calling damien um fees nardi uh the first one on the court but it actually looks pretty likely because Ivanch has just inquired about um mickelson majedovic potentially doing that as well which is the oh, last that's, one. My, that's my that's my b final that's the final <laughs> i want to see and <laughs> uh, no actually you said majedovic stricker oh yeah 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 majedovic stricker yes yeah, i wouldn't be but... mad if it's majedovic or stricker and uh what's his name again Mick- Mickelson. Mickelson? Mickelson, yes. Yeah. Mickelson, I'm going to yeah. call him Michelob Ultra because that's a good nickname for him now. Wow. So American. Can he can he drink those yet? I think he can. Ooh. No, he can't. Yeah. There's also Phil, Phil Mickelson, right? The the golfer. Ooh, Phil Mickelson, too. Oh, I'm not yeah, into golf. That that's why my, my, my mind didn't go there. I'm not either. But, but, um, um, but yeah. But what, yeah what so we're for sure uh, yeah, going to have one stream. The yes. Nazi Feast um, match, and we might have two. So please stay tuned, um, you know, to Talking Tennis, and we'll let you know. But please, final thoughts on the Next Gen Finals. What are you guys excited for? What are your thoughts to kind of just wrap it up? Miles. Excited to see the excited to see the lighting and the new venue and see how that kind of looks on a television screen. Excited to see how Arthur Fees comes out as like the guy in the field with the most star power because i don't know if he's ever played like at a, at a professional elite level i don't know if he's ever played an event where he's kind of like the expected winner Goodbye. so I'll, I'll i'll try to i'd like to see how he kind of handles that and i want to see who kind of gives it they're all going into the offseason and if and if the final or if the finalist and or champion kind of takes some of that momentum and does well in 2024 i'll have my eyes on all of that for sure 
Sweet. That's actually interesting that you mentioned that because um, like maybe there's some motivational things. Like if, if someone is going to be sort of feel like, why am I even playing this event? Then probably it's Fils, right? I mean, he's ranked mm -hmm. so much higher. We had this sort of conversation with Musetti last year and it's kind of not clear whether there was a feeling like this. Of course, he didn't actually make it to the semis, but he lost to Draper and to Streaker. So like it was fine, you know, result wise, but it kind of felt like uh, he probably, um, you know, could be like his heart might not be in it. And I think even this year he said that he wasn't sure if to play it. Feels after Paris against Altmaier, the, the loss that he had, which was pretty, well, very disappointing for him. Of course, uh, he said that he's actually really tired with the season and like just sort of, you know, he withdrew from Mets. He just wants to close it out. Still plays is, the next gen finals. Who is this? Fils. Fils, Fils. Yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, when he lost to Altmaier in, in Paris in round one. Mm -hmm. So I guess if someone has issues like that, maybe feels he said you know? he's tired of the season. Is that what he said? Yeah, that he, he he just felt very tired already, and that he is going to withdraw from Mets and just end it right there. But of course, there's also the next gen finals. I'm going to write him a letter. Like it's not time to be tired, sir. <laughs> that's not time. That is true. Isn't he nineteen? No, sir. One is, wasn't he one of the like numerous tennis fan tennis players to end up in a, um, um where is the place everybody went to the vacation Maldives. spot Maldives Maldives oh my goodness I, I don't know where Arthur feels vacationed no, I think sorry. he was one of the numerous I think he was one of the numerous tennis players who ended up there so maybe he has had a bit of a a rest period yeah. and hopefully he'll he'll come into this he's the person you know just looking at someone like Sinner who definitely winning the Davis Cup that's like a really nice jumping pad to kind of get into the Australian Open on on a high you know mm -hmm. it's like look at me and doing this I'm looking for feast to use this event as sort of like watch me work and then take that sort of energy into an Australian Open and and into a 2024 season so I'm, you know, I'm rooting for him in this event. He was kind of the guy that I was, you know, next gen. I think he's pretty much already there. And winning this title, I think, would would put the nail on the head for for him. In you better that not, respect. you better not say he's tired anymore. <laughs> you better not say that yeah. anymore. It's really nice to finish the season. Nineteen like, year olds, sort of, mm -hmm. nineteen year olds yeah. deserve rest. I don't want to like put that out there. You should always be going. But like this is the like you're you're just now like stepping into your stardom and your professional like the, the professional privilege of being a tennis player. We're not tired. We're not. We're not. We're not tired. I would. I would literally <laughs> put that in the letter. Like we are not tired. <laughs> I don't want to say anything, but like Carlos Alcaraz won this event when he was ranked in the thirties, and uh, of course he was one year younger than Arthur Fils. And he didn't say he was tired when he won it. So still, I, I mean, <laughs> basically, what I'm trying to say is that yeah, it would be a nice way to finish off the season, and it someone would. has done a very similar thing. And yeah, I think it'll up. if he if he wins it Dinner or won this. yeah, yeah, I think if he was if, in if a different Fils... spot, but yeah. Is there anybody else besides Fees in the group from you two that could win it and feel like it's the beginning of something? Or like it's the, maybe not the beginning of something, but it's the, um, the uh, well, I'm trying to think of a word, but it it, con it confirms something. If Fees win it, it confirms to me that the, the, the likelihood of him having a really good professional ATP tour career is there. Whereas if um, some other names like Luca Nardi or Caboli win it, I'm going to be like, it's going to be like an aha, oh moment. Like, oh, now I can just start thinking of them as a potential threat. Like, the Fees is the only one that's going to be a confirmation for me. Everyone else is going to be like, oh, 
Okay, it may be Stricker, maybe Stricker, but Stricker doesn't even have yeah. an ATP title yet. So, yeah, I think for me, I see this this term used a lot: heart heart versus head, or head versus heart. Mm -hmm. And my head, technically, if I'm like a tennis analyst or a fan or whoever, I'm thinking, you know, Arthur Feast, he's shown promise. Mm -hmm. This would be a good way to kind of prove promise and then take that and like go. But my heart actually wants Abdullah to win. Same. Why? Same. Yes. Because I'm like, I would love that for that region of the world. I would love mm -hmm. that to help grow a tennis space. To say, mm -hmm. that's someone who has the same name that I do, that looks like I do, and then has won a tournament and can almost carry that sort of good vibes, good spirit, and, you know, can encourage younger kids and be like, maybe I could do that. You know, maybe I have a chance to be a tennis player. So my head says, you know, let's do the tennis thing. Arthur Feast, you've got this, let's go. But my heart actually just really wants Abdullah to win and kind of hope, hopefully encourage an entire generation to start playing tennis. Luca Van Ach is listening to this and is saying not so fast. He definitely is. <laughs> yeah, Luca Van Ach is listening to this and he's like, I always knew that. I always knew that, Damon. Reading your tweets, I always knew that you are a Luca Van Ach hater. Sorry, Luca, but I did pick you to uh, break the top 100 this year and you were actually one of the guaranteed takes. So, you know, I can stay objective about you sometimes. Sorry, Luca. If, if you are listening to this, really sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I have not much of a preference. Um, I love all of these guys. Oh, I I'm joking. We've been going all year yeah. and just whatever. This is Damien's time. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, love this. I, I love that I don't, I love that there are some players that I really, really don't know and some players that I kind of do know and whoever wins, I'm going to be like, wow, this is, this is a, a good moment for you. That's what the event is about, right? I yeah. mean, this event is not for me. This event is for people who like barely know these guys and mm -hmm. just will see them on the, the bigger stage, remember the names for 2024 and beyond. And if we get and a stricker, if we get a stricker in a uh, Medjevic final, then I'm going to be on the brigade that big boy tennis is officially happening in 2024. <laughs> we love it. Look, we like big, stricker. we like big legs and big brawn chests playing tennis. Footballers playing tennis. This is what we want. Stricker already stole Do you know my ben heart. Benjamin Locke from uh, Zimbabwe. No, <laughs> probably not. Right, ben no. Benjamin Locke and his brother Courtney John are the currently the best Zimbabwean tennis players. If that's how, uh, yeah, I think that's how the uh, adjective works. But anyway. Uh, they are both actually from the um, white community in Zimbabwe. And mm. Ben Locke just literally looks like an NFL quarterback. In terms we of love that. And we the love way that. he plays uh, tennis as well. He just like sort of goes to the net after his first <laughs> shot. And that's all his game. Like, literally. Yeah. It, is he ranked? Amazing to watch. Is he ranked on the he ATP like tour? 400, 300. Uh, he's he's probably look a him lot up lower, now. but they they yeah. actually have been playing the Davis Cup for Zimbabwe for years. His brother is a lot lower, but Ben is like 400, 300. So um, yeah, and and he literally, uh, I, I've had people say this to me that he looks like an NFL quarterback. So <laughs> more NFL, more NFL looking players playing tennis would definitely be better for everybody. I think. Look, bringing it back to the NFL Combine, if if yes, quarterbacks see? can do it, mm -hmm. let's go. Right. Put out the track out there and let them just tussle and see what happens when they get on the court. <laughs>
Well, thank you all for joining our little chat about the um, ATP Next Gen Finals that are happening in Jeddah starting tomorrow. Please come back and join Talking Tennis. We will be streaming um, and com we'll be streaming comment commentary on um, matches, one for sure tomorrow, um, maybe two. So look out on our social media channels um, to see which ones they are. And um, we hope to see you all soon. Talking tennis. Thanks, guys. Take Goodbye. care. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.